0: welcome Willow Park Church we're so happy you joining us this week from wherever you are Uh, we are going to play some songs and rejoice together our first song is God of our salvation and it says come and see his glory come just as you are come and hear the story of his heart and that's what we want to do when we worship is concentrate on who Jesus is and why he makes such a difference to our lives the second verse says come you tired and weary come just as you are come and let his mercy heal your heart and i really want uh, us to spend some time thinking of how tired and weary we get sometimes especially during covid but god is still there and his mercy heals our heart and carries us through
1: glory, come just as you are, come and hear the story of his heart, for God so loved his children, that he gave his only son, that we might be forgiven, death has been over
0: God is he who he is we can look to him and not be overwhelmed by what's going on outside what's going on in our work what's going on in our family what's going on in the country in the world and this is a prayer about asking God to give us his vision his wisdom to see what he sees so that we remember that he is in control and that we can look to him
1: Things like you do, God, I look to you. You are my help, comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do.
0: thank you that that is the truth that as Psalm 23 says you lead us in quiet waters and green pastures lead us in paths of righteousness that even when we're through going through the valley of the shadow of death that your rod and your staff comfort us God we are so grateful that you are constant that you never change that you say I will never leave you nor forsake you And we are grateful for your goodness. Amen.
2: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from Church Online or one of our Dwell services, welcome, and here's your family news. Dwell gatherings are small, in person services that happen every Sunday at three of our locations. If you are hoping to attend next week, we would like to let you know that we have made a little change to the registration process. Registration now opens every Sunday at 12 p.m. for the following weekend. Reserve your seat today at willowparkchurch.com dwell. Did you know that we have a special group on Facebook for Willow Park Church families? Every week we post fun family challenges, craft time videos, family devotions, and more. Check it out at facebook.com groups slash WPC families. Willow Park Church in Lake Country will be putting on their 11th annual back to school giveaway next Sunday, August 30th. Please be in prayer for this event where we will be giving away brand new backpacks, lunch kits, clothing, and more to families in need in Lake Country. If you'd like to know more about this event and how you can help, visit willowparkchurch.com backtoschool back to school. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
3: morning everybody this is so wonderful this is the first morning that I've preached to real people since March good morning (laughs) and hello everyone in the gymnasium and online happy birthday dad it's my dad's birthday he's the best dad in the world and here we get to be together I'm so grateful for this opportunity we're going through Psalm 23 and I'm pretty sure that it's everybody's favorite psalm in this room am I right well maybe not. I guess that was a pretty general statement But it's my favorite psalm for so many reasons. This concept that in this time where we just don't know the future, like it's such a different time in our lives, but we have a God who is outside of time and eternal and goes before us and protects us and promises us abundant life is the gospel. It's the greatest truth imaginable. And so we're going to get into it even more this morning. I had this friend at Briarcrest Bible College that's where I went to school um, before I I moved to Kelowna and went to UBC for the teaching program. And this friend was a really interesting guy. He had a dream that he married this girl at school, this like, you know, really nice girl that he had a crush on. And so he decided instead of keeping this kind of to himself, he went up to her and told her that God told him that they were going to get married. It didn't go so well, and she didn't speak to him again. This did not turn to be a prophetic dream And anyway, Sometimes I think we have a hard time knowing when we're hearing the voice of God. We have a dream. We're not sure if it's a spiritual dream. We don't always know how to even determine our thoughts. Are they from God? And the common question that people ask me, the most common by a long shot, is how do I discern the will of God? How do I hear his voice? I mean, we're a church, right? That says that we're listening church. At the very core of our beliefs, real life, what's the L? Listening. But how do we listen? Sometimes we just think, I think this is from God, but, but was that just my own thoughts? You guys ever feel that way? Was that just my own thoughts? And, and people will come up to us and say things like, God told me this and then you just can't argue with that, can you? And I think we need to sort of have a really robust understanding of what that even means for us. I think we often view God as being a little bit like a dictator, where we just have to find his will, and if we don't find his will, then we're sort of living a second-class sort of life. Maybe we're not experiencing the blessing that he might have for us, or maybe we might also think that we're living in rebellion if we're not living apart from his will, However, that might look and i'll tell you what I think so often that our understanding of god is just a little bit off I love the way that jesus um, describes a relationship with him Just this beautiful tender friendship that he had with his apostles And then john I love what john has to say. This is one of my favorite um, Verses in the entire bible It says see what great love the father has lavished on us Okay, what, what, is this, what is this lavishing love that we should be called children of God? It is perhaps the greatest form of love that, that everything changed in Jesus and our relationship with him. And the way that he views us is more as his children. And, and being a father myself, I recognize that my, my role with my kids is to raise them. Have you guys ever thought about that concept of raising kids before? Raising means to elevate them, right? To raise kids means to elevate them to places that you have never personally been, where we're building upon what our parents did in our lives, and hopefully we can continue to raise up the next generation higher to where we were. And this is how Jesus views his relationship with us. Why did Jesus say that you will do greater things than I did? Isn't that fascinating? He had this understanding that he wants to elevate us and raise us he doesn't have this concept in scripture when we see the life of Jesus of I have a plan for you and you need to find it he has a relationship for us and we get to step into it so we're gonna talk about that we have a lot of sort of misconceptions that we need God to come and just sort of maybe jar some of those loose A lot of things that we believe are are grounded um, in Old Testament understandings. That's the old covenant that Jesus came to abolish, but we've just adopted them into our new understanding. And so we're going to talk about that. So let's just invite the Spirit to fill us individually, if you're comfortable with that, to give you um, wisdom and understanding and insight. That's what he does. And then we'll open the scripture together. So let's each just pray individually, 10 seconds. If you're in the gym or at home, um, just take that time and ask for the filling of the Spirit, and then I'll close in prayer. Yeah, Jesus, I pray that you would fill us with your Spirit, God. And God, we live in a time... Of so much misinformation. God where truth just seems so difficult to pin down. But yet you call yourself the way. And the truth. And the life. I pray that your spirit would guide us into truth. Like you promise. We invite you God wherever we are God. Throughout our city. Throughout our country. Thank you Jesus for your word. Amen. Well, we went to Crazy Creek Hot Pools. It's kind of between Sycamus and Revelstoke. It's this really great um, little hot spring place. And, and we were there on a really rainy night, and it was pitch black. It was so dark, and my son heard a train in the distance. The trains came by every 20 minutes, and he's obsessed with trains like most boys. And he said, can we go to the train? I want to go see a train. You know, like when you stand beside the train tracks and like the ground is rumbling and then you give her one of these, and oh, it's just, it's such a cool experience. So we we just like walked through the forest to the direction of the, the, the sounds that we were hearing. And it was a real thick forest, and it's raining, and all I have for a flashlight is my phone. And they're not very strong, and I'm like just fighting my way through the forest. And we get to the tracks, and we wait, and then this train just bears down on us. And it's just this like spine-tingling experience. As it's happening, I'm thinking to myself, oh, great. Now I got to find our way back. And I sure am glad I had my flashlight with me. Right then, I reach into my pocket, and it's gone. I cannot find my phone. Somehow, as I jumped over the tracks, it fell out. And now we're stuck somewhere in the middle of nowhere, pitch black, and I'm terrified. And so we just, I'm like, okay, I got my son here. We need to make it happen. So I was like, Owen, come on, follow me and so we make our way through the thick forest and he's holding on to my hoodie and out of nowhere he says this he says man i would be so scared if you weren't with me dad and i thought to myself this is perfect this is psalm 23 and then i thought man i wish my dad was with me now too <laughs> like <laughs> i'm in this dark place and i got to lead my son and it's terrifying but psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want how many of us did misinterpreted that when we were kids i don't know why i wouldn't want the good shepherd i want him but i shall not have any wants he, he meets all of my my deepest needs so beautiful he makes me lay down in green pastures by still waters and then this he restores my soul it's not just this leadership but it's a, a, a soul-restoring leadership. But then it says this really interesting line. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Righteousness is simply right living. It's holiness. It's sin that destroys us. So he guides us past sin. But it's this concept of he guides us for his name's sake. But how does he guide us? How in the world does this even work? How does he guide us? We really need direction, don't we? The early church was in such a mess. So Jesus personally chose the 12 apostles, handpicked them. So it was pretty obvious who they're supposed to be. But then Judas betrays him. And then he hangs himself. I want you to imagine this for a moment. They are hurt not only was, were they betrayed, but this was a friend that they had been with for years. Judas would have been like a good friend. And, and now they're, they're seeing him. And most biblical scholars believe that they left his body hanging on the tree. It, that it eventually fell in the Hinnom Valley. Because different parts of scripture say that, that his intestines essentially came out on the rocks there. So it had been left up for a long time. And so they are constantly mourning. His body is still there. People are mocking the church. There's so much just emotion. And now they have to replace him. But Jesus ascended into heaven. They can't ask Jesus. Like, Who, what do we do? They're like, we need guidance. How do you guide us, God? And they're so full of emotion. And this is what happens in Acts 1. They, they gather together. And this is what happens. So they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabbas, Barabbas, sorry, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. <laughs> like, So Luke is the author of this. Do you hear the emotion? which Judas has left to go where he belongs. He's hurt. He's emotional. Like this is just dripping with emotion. Then they cast lots and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. You're thinking, what did they just do there? They casted lots. We kind of have heard of this. Maybe we know the concept. So they would lots of times take a sheep knuckle or they would take basically what resembled dice and they would roll them. And this was a really common biblical thing. Gideon did this with the fleece. We still use that term today. We pray and then we're like, I'm putting out the fleece. Gideon did it to see if it would assure him victory. If it was, if it was damp and the ground wasn't, it was a sign. And that happened. But he's like, no, 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 one more sign, God. And he reversed the order. They did this when Jonah was on the ship. And they knew somebody was cursed. So they cast lots. It fell to Jonah. They're like, You're cursed. Get off the ship. This was common, casting lots. This happened all throughout the Old Testament. Here is what Proverbs has to say about casting lots. Um, The lot is cast into the lap, so they would take those knuckles or those dice and cast them into the lap. But it's every decision is from the Lord. This is how God guided his people. And you might think to yourself, I want that system. Anybody here thinking, yes, God, can we please have that back? That seems so easy, like real-time results, bring it on. And we actually do that, don't we? Is that we have a decision to make, and so we will say, we'll kind of test God. We'll say, I'm going to put out a test, I'm going to put out a fleece, or God close that door. We use a lot of different language, but it's the same thing. We want God to give us direction and show us what to do. We still kind of do this today. But he has something far greater in mind for us than this system. Because right after they replaced Judas, the Holy Spirit fell on those people. And something radically different happened. No longer was God external and guiding them. He actually, we've heard this a million times before, so we don't think about it. But he filled them. Jeremiah, in chapter 31, prophesied about this. He said, there will be one day where it's no longer about the external, where God guides and you follow blindly. There will be a day where he will guide you internally. It's going to change. He's going to give you his heart. He's going to change how you think. He's going to renew your mind. (laughs) Oh, It's a beautiful thing his thoughts will be our thoughts it's different it's way better let me explain so here's what jesus had to say this is what john recorded he said this you got that there jen he says i no longer call you servants that's the old covenant this is when they casted lots because a servant does not know his master's business you see psalm 23 is wonderful But it's an Old Testament picture where we didn't know our father's business and he's guiding us and we just follow. But things have changed at Pentecost. Instead, I've called you friends. (laughs) This is God talking. This is, this is God. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. He now fills us And leads us by giving us his knowledge This sounds Really simple and it's sometimes hard to work out We ask god big questions Should I marry that person? This is a common question that I get all the time People are just about to get engaged and they're like Does god want me to do this? But he no longer calls us servants but friends And it's a different relationship where god will just as likely say, what do you think? Do you have a crush on that person? Do you love them? Do they bring out the best in you? It's a side-by-side friendship. Should I take that job? Should I move to that city? What about selling my house? Or this, 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 this. A million questions that we have. We're like, God, show us. Give me a yes or a no. He doesn't want to operate like that anymore we're no longer his servants or his friends he wants to walk with us and determine it with us it's beautiful he wants to dream with us but all of us watching this and everyone in here is thinking but i make bad decisions i want god to decide for me right because we we always know that our motives are, are very often wrong or impure right and so we want his opinion Jeremiah says that our hearts are deceptive above all things. That's how Jeremiah felt. And I think we feel the same way. Like, we're so easily manipulated, aren't we? Like, we're driven by our emotions. God, we need direction. Like, how do we do this? How do I hear his opinion? And there's a couple surefire ways to know that we're on the right track when Jesus was being tempted and had big decisions to make. Jesus was offered the kingdoms of the world. This is a big decision, would you say? Like, you can be the king of the whole world, Jesus. This is a big decision. And fine-sounding arguments were made to him. How did Jesus respond? With scripture. Every fine-sounding argument, he tore down with truth of scripture. And this is by far the first place that we go. This sounds like, oh, that's such a preacher's answer. Yeah, go to the Bible. But it's so freeing because so many of our questions that we wrestle with have already been answered. Questions of, I I have so many people that say like, like, tell me what's wrong with pornography. and We'll talk about human trafficking. We'll talk about sexual dysfunction. On and on and on and on. But at the end of the day, we don't even have to discuss it if you're a follower of Jesus because you just trust his word. It's already predetermined. How do I spend my money? Am I going to be generous? It's not my decision. I'm a follower of Jesus. Yes, I'm generous. Will I gossip? Do I have to decide? How am I a friend? Do I speak life or do I speak death? Do I speak identity or do I try to get my own way? Most of our big decisions in our life God gives us this beautiful pathway because so many times in my head, I am smart and I know what's right. You know what? Here is what Solomon says about that exact same thing. You know what? The the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. If my opinion is contrary to scripture— it will lead to death if I follow that opinion. I love the scripture and lean not on my own understanding. This idea that my understanding is flawed and I need to know that. So, David, who made a whole bunch of wrong decisions, he decided against the wishes of God and scripture to have an affair. And then later he said, from this point on, I will be different. And he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. It's a protection. It, it'll save me when, when my mind isn't thinking straight. You know when we get angry? Have you guys ever been angry? What happens to your brain is that you're not thinking anymore with the frontal lobe, like the decision-making part of your brain. It goes to, like, the, the, the base of your brain this place that 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 can't receive any new information and we don't we can't make good decisions or when people are filled with lust suddenly lust takes over and and all of a sudden your brain turns off this part of your brain and we need to always have have his word buried in our hearts when our brains are 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 short-circuited in those moments we all have those maybe we have envy or we're tempted or maybe we feel jealous Our brains don't work properly and we have to have his word buried in our heart David said this and I I really love this. He says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path Because so often we're deceived and we're walking in darkness and we don't know it And the word of god is always true And it always leads us to life So we don't actually as christ followers have to make a lot of those decisions when we trust jesus and it is incredibly freeing it's just so freeing when when the whole world is going down a a common one was was when marijuana was legalized everyone was suddenly asking me what does that mean then for the church and i just said there's a way that seems right on the man and and in the end it leads to death let's let's see what scripture has to say about being sober-minded and alert Let's like hold this up against the truth of Scripture. You see, Scripture never changes, but legislation will. Am I right? We so often rely upon our governments to tell us what's right and what's wrong, but we don't have to. We don't have to worry about that as followers. We're just Christ followers. And, and what I love is, is, is this. So this is in Romans 12. Listen to what it says about having a renewed mind from the Spirit and His will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what happened to the church in the upper room. Suddenly they had a renewed mind. Then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, his will is that we walk in righteousness and we walk in freedom by still waters and green pastures and have a restored soul. That's pretty good. The claims that we get to make as the church is amazing. Don't you think? Francis Chan in his book, Letters of the Church, said, what would you think of an organization that was trying to sell you a car but then tried to give away a free iPad if you simply come into their dealership or, or brought in comedians to, like, increase their, their appeal? The gospel is so good that it does not need any dressing up. As the church, we don't need to be like, come to our place. We have this, that, the other coffee. You know, not like we have the gospel. It doesn't need any dressing up at all. The word will, will completely liberate us. But you're thinking, okay, so much is in scripture, but so much isn't in scripture, right? If, if your life needed an owner's manual, it's not going to fit in a book that big if every question that you had of God had a parent, how to be a spouse, how to live in this world, to, like, it's endless. It would take endless chapters. So, how does God deal with the specific questions that I have? Specific things that I come to God with in prayer. Maybe a child who's a prodigal or, or we're praying for a disease. Like, how, do, how does God guide us through specifics? And King David says this absolutely beautiful truth. He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will put desires in your heart when you delight in him. This word delight is really beautiful. My daughter, Emily, um, has been wanting to sleep on the lake, in the boat, (laughs) like actually in the boat, on the water. And it's been her dream for the whole summer. And, and a few days ago, we finally did it. We like the seats kind of fold into two beds and we went to Peachland and then we found this buoy and we were just laying there and looking up at the stars and and I just kept looking at her. I just love this girl and just delighting in her and like I just ask her what music she wants to listen to. So we'd put on some worship and we'd both just be singing under the stars. We would like have her favorite candy some chips (laughs) and then we just went swimming out in the dark and and it was things that she loved and i was just delighting in what she loved and then we sat on the 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 boat seats and looked up at the stars and the stars are incredible aren't they they reveal the glory of god like some of those stars aren't actually stars they're just some of those points of light are other universes with billions of stars we're talking about god and his greatness and she's like I have goosebumps. <laughs> I was just delighting in her. And delighting is just spending time doing things that she enjoys. And, that, and this is what we get to do with God. This is why God made the Garden of Eden beautiful. Because he loves us. This is why he walked with them every day. This is why he made good food and good drink. Because he desires that we enjoy him. We delight in him so often we make church or prayer or other things about duty and not delight and that's a problem church should be straight delight and and that's what we get when we spend time with the father and he puts desires in our heart new desires this is how he guides us we delight we have intimacy our desires shift listen Listen to how Jesus explained how this works. So this is the King James version of this verse. I really like this version better for this verse. He says, Therefore I say unto you, Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Whoa. Can you leave that verse on there, Jen? Whoa. Do you hear what he's saying? That, that's interesting, that desire comes out of prayer out of communion that when you have intimacy with him he puts desires in you and they will come true because they're from him so when we come to him with our prayer requests there are prayer requests when we commune with him and delight in him he will change what we're asking for and will grant them because they're from the father and they are good perfect and pleasing Our desires are not good, perfect, and pleasing. His are. And he changes our desires. That word desire is a beautiful Latin word. We've all heard of the term sire before. You guys watch like old Western movies. Actually, old like British movies. Phil probably says sire. It means father. Excuse me, sire. You guys know know what I'm talking about? Sire means father. And there it is. And duh, is just a word that means of. (laughs) But desire is a word that literally means of the Father or from the Father. God puts desires in us they are from Him when we commune with Him. And this is how He guides us. This is how He moves us on. Because whatever we commune with deposits a seed of desire, doesn't it? You ever know that? Well, in the Old Testament, Solomon warns. He says, be careful when you dine with the king or you may crave his delicacies, and it will ruin you. You become poor. Because when you commune with the king, you desire what he desires. This is the same problem as with pornography, is that if you commune with it, 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 it creates a desire for lust. If you commune with somebody who um, is angry, you will become angry. Listen to this scripture. This is really fascinating. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate it with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Whoever you commune with, you assume their desires. It's the way that it works. And so when we commune with the Father, we desire what he desires, and he guides us into more beautiful ways. This is why church is so important. Have you ever noticed that as we worship, Things change in your heart. It happens to me every time we gather for worship. My motives change. My actual goals differ all of the sudden. God brings me into alignment with what He's doing in my life. He corrects me. When we come and take communion, it's actually bringing Him in. Just like what John said, it's no longer about the external, but the internal. And what happens is, is that we're putting to death all of the desires that will lead to death and destruction. See, desire comes out of communion, and this is how God guides us. This is so beautiful. So here's what happens next. They casted lots. They chose Matthias. This is the only way that they knew how to hear from God. Then the Spirit comes, and another issue arises. They don't have to replace an apostle, but there's these guys that have come in with fine-sounding arguments. They're called the Judaizers, and they're saying that all the men have to be circumcised, all the converts. And so Peter and the apostles are like, "What do we do? How how do we make sense of this argument?" And these guys had great scripture references, and it appeared to be right. And so the church was like, how do we hear from God? What do we do? So they all gathered in Jerusalem. And what did they do? They communed with God. They worshiped. They prayed. They delighted in him. And then they reached their decision. And listen to how they reached their decision. This is so beautiful. It says this in the book of Acts. I think it's chapter 15. You got that there, Jen? Acts 15. It says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to not burden you with this. See, it's different. It wasn't God said do this. No, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to us. It's this relationship where we're walking side by side and it seemed good to both of us simultaneously. It's the way that he chooses to lead us now. And they decided to not place this burden or restriction upon them. I want to really encourage you. What would happen if in your faith, your time with Jesus was delightful? You delighted in him. John Wimber said something in one of his books that has shaped the way that I pray. He said, I used to pray where I would come with my prayer requests. And that's how I would pray to God now i come and i delight in him for 90 percent of the time i just enjoy him i just actually give him thanks whatever is beautiful trustworthy praiseworthy i just i thank him for all of it and so it's just a laundry list of thanksgiving and worship and all of a sudden as i'm delighting and thanking him it changes what i pray for at the end So he says, I delight and I worship for 90%, and the last 10%, I bring my request to him. He says it's changed everything about his life. It's a beautiful way to live. He will give us dreams that are supernatural. Like, I really believe that at this present time in history, we're surrounded by people that are looking for truth. Jesus said that a storm will come in our life. Did he not? And that if we base our lives on the sand that everything will collapse around it. The world is sand. We're watching a world full of sand, aren't we? Our, our, Our money markets, people's mental health, everything else is just deteriorating because it was based upon this false truth that this world is solid. And Jesus says, I am the only rock. I am the chief cornerstone. Build your life upon me. And as the church, we get to go... And speak words of life and hope to people and people are gonna look at us and say why is your life not crumbling and we can say well it's Jesus he's the solid foundation isn't he don't you think that maybe this isn't a time in the history of our church where we're vulnerable and you know and the church is in trouble around North America that's not the truth in China it was during times like this of persecution and hard times trials where people are pushed out of their pews and into the city when revival broke out and i really believe that this could be a turning point for the church because i don't know about you but a year ago if i were to look at the the, the the capital c church in north america a year ago what i have been saying wow it's so wonderful we're seeing revival not a chance do i feel like there's seeds of revival today like absolutely Because nobody—kids aren't going to school anymore chasing the American dream because it's been revealed for what it is. But the will of God is perfect and pleasing, and it's good, and he loves us. And when we delight in him, he gives us superior desires, doesn't he? Much superior. The things that I want answered prayer for— praise the Lord, he doesn't listen to me all the time. When he gives me superior desires, greater dreams, and then answers them, it's like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to worship now. And, and worship is a really... For me, it's become one of those things that I, I wake up to and I fill my house with worship. Every morning in the shower, I, I worship in the car. Instead of turning on just more drama and politics... I fill myself just with the beauty of of an unchanging God, who is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the King of all Kings. When I turn off my social media, you guys ever feel that? Just like, there's just so much misinformation and it's hard to know what's real and true. And I just get to go to the rock. The one, Jesus calls himself the way the truth and the life i don't need to look anywhere else for that but in jesus and the beauty of that is that he does restore my soul when i follow him and chase him it's a game changer in my life we're gonna worship i invite you to just delight in him you know what wherever you're at if you're in the gym or at home why don't we spend two minutes and just delight in him And just bring him thanksgiving. Everything in your life that's beautiful. Scripture says that they are all from the Father. Every good and perfect gift is from him. Let's thank him for all those. Everything that is beautiful in your life. People in your life that you love. We so focus on our challenges and we forget. I absolutely love chipmunks. (laughs) I absolutely love just the smell after the rain. I love i love the family of god i love his word everything that you love and everything beautiful that god's given us let's just thank him and delight in him and then let's enter into a time of worship together
1: sing be my vision Peace. Peace.
0: Father, we thank you that when we put our minds and our hearts in line with yours, that you make your paths clear to us, that you make right living clear to us. Lord, help us this week to take that time every day. We would take that time, that 90% of our time that we spend with you to just worship, to delight in you, to hear your voice, to hear your comments to us about how you want us to live and lord then give us opportunities we go out and do our work and do our school and and be with our friends and be with our family that you would give us opportunities to share all those beautiful things that you have put into our heart that we would be loving and kind and patient and full of self-control all those things that set us apart as your people that we would do that for your name's sake as you lead us in those paths of righteousness this week. God, be with us. May your word bear fruit in our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.